up, bitches! Sorry, so as we were talking, yeah, the, I've always looked at, like, I know people that have to kind of get and apply for grants. Um, a lot of it is just kind of if, you, if you're if you able to grab one of the, like, somebody in the know. Like, mm -hmm. like there are organizations in Cleveland that have the staff that know the workarounds to get the grants that most people don't even know about. And that's why you come across, like, a nonprofit sometimes. I won't say any, but I do have one in mind that I think is a complete scam. <laughs> but... You know, I see them post jobs, and they're like, "Hey, this job, this job," and they're like, "Pays 120." I'm like, "How? You're a nonprofit. Do I not understand non or profit?" But that's grants are always, and I know a lot of people that that also do really good things in the city. There are genuine nonprofits who are begging for money, but they don't know where to find shit like that. You know what I mean? No, and I'll tell you, man. I, we uh, like I grew up with the idea that you know businesses um, should give back. You know, and I, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family and, you know, we were, wasn't necessarily that there was this huge like charity component, but there was absolutely this idea that, you know, you took care of your people, you took care of, you know, the culture and, um, and you do the right thing. And, and, uh, you know, you don't like, if there's somebody in need, then you do maybe, you know, run a fundraiser or help people out or do something. But like, you know, I think what a lot of times people think you need a nonprofit in order to, uh, I don't know, do good. And they think oh, like, yeah. oh, if you're a for-profit company, then you're evil or, or not everybody thinks that, but I'm like, in general, people feel like it's a narrative gonna, that you hear a lot of. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, look, there's a lot of companies that are for-profit that do a lot of great things, you know, and some of them not, some of them are scammy or, or scummy and, and whatever, but I don't know. Like I, I don't, I never want to do a nonprofit. Like that's, I don't want the hoops. I don't want to, you know, play that game. Um, but I do think I can do a lot of good or, or, you know, people I'm around can do a lot of good through you know profitable organizations that are sustainable yeah and, and nonprofits are and again the, the, it's not a hundred percent or like a blanket statement but even those especially in the last couple of years you know when you think about like the uh, uh the it's been kind of like a running joke at this point but like the the, the covid money when they actually did an, an analysis of where a lot of that went so much. I mean, like seventy percent of that was going to people that didn't even need it. I that, or didn't need it. I think they found one where it was something like a couple hundred thousand dollars went to the same address, <laughs> but they weren't yeah. really paying attention to it. And I think people took advantage of it. I see a lot of like people that you and I know, not know personally, but know their name because of their fame, who are running companies and you know, like their company. They're like like I'm just throwing one out there. I don't know if he has a company. Like Tom Brady's company gets. You know, a, a $500,000 stipend to, you know, pay his, his four employees while they're off. I don't know if he has a company. I'm using, he, for some reason, he's the first. Yeah. It's football. So yeah, we're all amped about football. So that's the one that I thought of. But yeah, like, like stuff like that. Like, I, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, it, yeah. you don't need to have an LLC and, and I go website to just kind of help somebody. Um, no, but it also doesn't mean that if you do have an LLC or an S corp or something that you can't help people. You know, like yeah. it, 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 you know, it doesn't go either way. But it's, uh, but yeah, it, it is. I, you know, if, if if there's ever an opportunity to make money or for people to take money or whatever, there, you know, 
whether they're running it through a nonprofit or, or whatever it is, government loans or other things, like there's there's going to be people who are going to, you know, play games and jump. Hey, you know, if, like if there's money, there's fuckery. There's yeah. just no, there's no getting around that. Yeah. You know, so the, the more money there is, the more fuckery there is. That, that's not, that's just, you can, I, I, if you and I were, had the, the, the means and the money to like hire somebody just to dig into the largest nonprofits in the world, you're going to find some shit. It's just you're going to doesn't mean that they're not doing good or there isn't that that company or that nonprofit isn't riddled with people doing good and trying to do good and want to do good. It's just the nature of the things like, Mm -hmm. you know, like American Red Cross. Again, I'm not saying they did anything, but that's a large nonprofit. People know I'm sure I could find something going on in there. That doesn't mean everyone at the American Red Cross that are doing like walkathons and helping people are bad people or they're not trying to help. that's not the case it's just i think it's the same money when, falls you know? when you look at politicians you know i think a lot of people really got into politics to actually help but then you know you have to play the game or you all of a sudden your palms get greased too much or something happens and all of a sudden it's the lines get blurred and you're like well is it is it really that bad if i you know get this money and do this but i can do all the good if i you know let these people do this thing and, and it's all yeah. I, I, and I don't know why I thought it's, but again, when you think about the money, when someone puts the money in your face and says, you know, you're a music guy. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think back of like the Millie Vanilli thing, like mm-hmm. years ago. And everyone's like, can you believe they did this? And then like 10 years later, after all this was said and done, everyone's like, of course we can. Those guys got any one of us. If someone's like, hey, man, you can't sing, but you're good looking. We want to you to lip sync, and you're going to get super rich and famous. Girls are going to love you, interviews, everything you want, and everyone's going to be like, sorry, my artistic integrity will prevent me from doing that. Everyone's taking that deal. I'm sure there are a handful of people that actually will not do that. 95% of us are going to be like, how much? How many zeros? Let's get started. Absolutely. I'm talking about baby. Blame it on the rain. (laughs) I mean, and and really, like, what's the difference between that and models or that and actors or that and, like... You know, you, you people sometimes hold these things sacred, hmm. and and it's like at the end of the day, you're like, no, you're you're splitting hairs here. You're you know calling these guys jerks for doing this, but you know, like I don't know, so many of us are are hypocrites, and I I stand accused of this as well. But like, it's like, man, why get you know you're throwing these stones from glass houses where you're saying that's not okay for them to lip sync or whatever, and guys, it's entertainment, you know, like. That's if, only if, one step away from someone writing your song for you, too. Well, and that's is, exactly is that far away? What's the difference of, you know, you, you know, you get, you know, put together bands, you know, whether it's Sex Pistols or, or boy bands, you know, I mean, they're all, look at the history of the Sex Pistols, like, they were, they were a contrived band, they were put together, there were ads out in the paper for them, and, you know, like, so you've got these, these, these acts that are manufactured, people hand them songs, say, hey, just sing this, or hey, just do that, and you can say, oh, well, these guys are so talented, or they did this or that. And I'm like, well, yeah, there's, they can sing. doesn't mean they're really talented. It doesn't mean that there's not a million other people who are more talented. Uh, and again, I know that's subjective, so I don't, I don't, not going down that path. But the no, idea no. of just that, like, it's, it's like, what, what's, yeah, what is the difference? And the sad part is, in today, if, if you did find somebody like Millie Vanelli and you said, hey, we want you to, you know, sing, today we've got the capabilities in the studio to auto tune and fix their voice and do all this, that they could actually put out an album that they sang or use AI to, you know, treat their voice enough to put, I mean, it's just, it is all so slippery. And there's a valid argument that we have 20 very well-known Millie Vanillis out there right now. Maybe not lip syncing, but I mean, 
you just kind of mentioned about between like social media, musical innovations in terms of what they can do, you know, uh, in terms of like, you know, Pro Tools and voiceovers, reverb, whatever you want to call it. I mean, can you really say that we can't turn anyone that's slightly attractive into a pop star? I mean, I think there's a, a very good argument that one, you can, and a really good argument that we're actually doing it. Oh, we've done it forever. I mean, yeah, it, it's been the thing. Yeah. You go all the way back to, you know, the, the new kids on the block, dating myself right there for sure. Uh, the new kids. On, I mean, there's a formula there. I mean, when you look at like every boy band from you know uh, New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys, Instinct, on to One Direction. Go back and look at look at doo-wop groups. Look at you know they like they they were the monkeys in the fifties and sixties yeah. and stuff. They were signing bands that you know oh they look this good or they do this. Did they actually sound great? Well, no, they didn't sound that great, but they could kind of carry a tune. But that's fine. Get them in the room. We, we'll write songs for them. We'll. You know, work out their parts, and, and then we'll send them on the road. Yeah, and it's kind of goofy because you're kind of seeing it. I didn't think that you would actually see this seep into other types of creative, like, avenues, like comedy. But you're seeing that now. Like, now, like, uh, uh, regardless of what you think of him, and I don't know that much about him other, other than the, the most recent things that have come out, but, like, the, the, the Matt Reif, he's exploded right now. Like, comedy's turned into, in the last 10 years for me, where we latch on to somebody for, like, a year and a half, you know, we did it with Amy Schumer. We did it with Dan mm-hmm. Cook. We did it where we're doing it with, uh, we did it with Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just kind of grab somebody for a little while and then you kind of cycle them out. Not that they're all still doing very well, obviously, but I I haven't heard Amy Schumer's name since. And, you know, the first time I heard her name was when I just said it because I was just thinking about it. Dan Cook, I don't know what that dude's doing. Yep. I'm sure they're doing fine. I'm sure Louis C.K.'s doing fine. But that's what we're recycling those kind of things out. And, like, some comics, some large comics – are becoming almost like that boy band cycle where we find the new one, get rid of it, milk it, boom, on to the next one. And like, you know, you're hearing stories about like some people like like talent agencies or whatever they are for the com on the, the comedy side, where they're looking for the same thing. We're looking for young women and young men that maybe not necessarily the funniest, but they're easy to look at. And because we're getting slightly dumber every single day, it's kind of easy to kind of sell those things. Like you don't you don't need to be Carlin or Pryor anymore that, that that's going to have like super insightful and at the same time simultaneously humorous and entertaining bits and stories now you kind of just have to be easy to look at and make like kind of like a raunchy sex joke to an audience member you know it's 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 wild yeah I mean we are in unfortunately I mean, I could go on this forever, so I'm, I'll, I'll just so say this, I. that, you know, that I, I think in many ways we can look at it and say, well, this is just what everybody's been doing, you know, throughout history. People, you know, you get shock jocks, you get people who make these, mm. you know, one or two funny one-liners about something that's taboo or body, but, you know, the ones that really stick, or at least seem to stick, are the ones who are more intelligent, are the ones who, uh, you know, when I, when I think of, you know, the the five funniest comics that I can think of or that I've seen, like it's because they had staying power. It's because they had intelligence. It's because they had, you know, you, you could see them reinvent themselves or come back out with a different, you know, bit or, or whatever. Um, yeah. The goats are the goats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, so yeah, there's always going to be these people who come out and I mean, that's always, it's the same thing with music, same thing with any art, you know, somebody's going to come out and get lucky with a song or get lucky with a joke or get lucky with an opportunity. But, um, yeah, I, I still think that really being good at something, really being intelligent and, you know, having a keen eye at something and, and then knowing how to 
represent yourself as, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's, and, and some of these people don't want that. You know, some people just, they want the flash in the pan. They want their 50 minutes of fame and then they're going to go, you know, do some handful of movies and, you know, be like, oh, I'm that guy. I did that thing. I'm really funny. You know, get a couple paychecks and then play golf, hey, you know, but that's... make an argument. It's not a bad gig to be famous and rich oh. for 18 months. So I'm not, not at all. Still waiting for my turn. <laughs> I'll take four minutes of fame. I'll take uh, I'll take ninety seconds. <laughs> you know, I won't take up a lot. It's like of the time. bedroom, I'll take like you know, yeah. a minute and a half. That's all I need. Wins a win. <laughs> well, that's as good a start as any, especially now that we're twelve minutes into it. Kind Perfect. Of solving every every different problem and every different industry that's on the creative oh, side. I don't but... solve any of them. I just point them out and then drink. <laughs> <laughs> good. You'll do just fine here. Yeah. Thanks. Great. Well, George Chase Jr. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming, man. Thanks for having me. You're actually, uh, it's, it's, uh, you're, well, one, you're, you're one of the later podcasts I do since I've had my son. I purposely try to do it, but actually, if I move it late enough or it's after his bedtime, it's not a big deal. I've just purposely tried to move everything to like three o'clock on Sunday. (laughs) So I'll tell you, this is perfect for me. Like I said, you know, I've got three kids of my own and it's, uh, you know, they're, they're asleep by eight. So to get out here and hang out with you, I mean, this is, it's a dream come true to hang out with a friend and have drinks. Hey, Again, good, man. I, I know we just met, but I do feel like we're, I, I feel, you know, like, man, we're known each other for 20 years and hanging hey, out and, BSing and that's... Best compliment I can get doing something like this, man. Really, I, it truly, and, 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 you know, right back at you. You know, I, we were talking about this before we recorded about some people kind of walking in and it's just like, it's nothing I got to worry about. You know, sometimes and I'm sure you've kind of had it at times too where, People are different. And some people get really excited about doing stuff like this and understand, but I think it's really cool. But sometimes, you know, things start and they're they're nervous or they're not assured of themselves or they're they're worried what they're gonna say or, or a they're lot just of things. having so, an off day. Yeah. You know, it's they you just can. Yeah. You can. I schedule these weeks out. I have no idea how I'm gonna feel that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you seem to be doing just fine. Uh, I do I'll tell you, I feel pretty good. <laughs> good, I, uh, man. I'm glad. Yeah. This is actually also the first one I've done in uh a while i release weekly but i took a big break for uh just the holiday so i can just kind of chill out and because of everyone that i talk to is usually just like you doesn't necessarily just have a nine to five i mean your you know your schedule is just what it probably changes week to week so uh i always try to have like four ready to go in case uh, so i can release ahead of time in case i want to take a break or someone understandably last minute is like can't make it i gotta you know like comics that happen sometimes you know they'll, they'll get a show within the hour and I'm like i gotta do this gig i'm like yeah i'm definitely not gonna pay you you should go to your paying gig <laughs> yep yep <laughs> well it's a. Uh, are, are you from around here are you a cleveland guy i am i uh, i'm south side uh independence was born independence okay um and then in uh seventh grade moved out to lake tahoe nevada um Lived on the Nevada side. It's, it, I don't know if you're familiar with Lake Tahoe, but there's a California side, Nevada side of it. Lived on the Nevada side in State Line, um, and was out there for a year and a half, and then moved back here for high school. Uh, moved back to Independence, um, and yeah, pretty much have been here since. So that was, oh my gosh, '97. Moved back. Um, like I said, I was only gone for a year and a half. So basically. Spent my entire life here. for high school to move back. Okay, so we're not terribly far away. In, no, you're a well, couple actually, years older once than you me. Hit a, once you hit a certain age, it doesn't matter. No, it like really... Some people, like, you're over 40, you can be 70. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, the only difference that I find with some people who are, like, you know, 35 and under have different 
uh, especially with like how fast the internet and, and yeah. stuff like exploded. Like, you know, I, I grew up with landlines. I grew up without a cell phone or without, mm. you know, uh, and, and so there's people who are, but I was like the last like few years of that. So there's people who are like when they're like 35 ish or 36 where they were having cell phones, you know, pretty regularly in high school or something where it was like, okay, so we're, there's a slight difference between you and I, but, um, but I do feel like I'm kind of the last, you know, bastion of, of the people who are like, Hey, the older net, like I'm older than the internet, you know, <laughs> like I'm half that's a weird half. thing. I'm, I'm right in the middle. Like I got my cell phone when I was 23, my first cell phone, um, which, but I mean, by today's standards, I didn't really have a cell phone until I was like 30 <laughs> when I could actually do shit with it. Yep. I was just walking around with a Zach Morris phone. Yep. You know, the, the, that's what, but it didn't matter. It was cool. But it's funny. Like when I talk to like younger people, like younger, anybody that comes on here, we've had conversations with them before about that. Like, how did you guys like, get places? Like, see, you guys never printed out MapQuest and then had it in the car with you. But again, even before MapQuest, like, how did you get there? You had landmarks. Yeah. You're like, oh, you go down about a mile and a half. You'll see this big tree yeah. on the right. You're going to turn left at the next thing. And then you're you going to see this big purple house. You had old landmarks, too. You're like, when you see the Arthur Treachers. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. because Which actually would be actually an actual landmark today. That's because true. Because they're just not very many of them. But that's what we did. And I can like, only think of the one in Garfield Heights. I don't even know if that one's still open. Yeah. But that was... I, uh, but yeah, they'll say things like, well, how did you guys like get together? I'm like, we were, I guess maybe we didn't give ourselves enough credit for it because we didn't know at the time, but we were really good at planning shit. Because if I called your home, you know, Friday afternoon and you weren't there, I didn't see it till school on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was it. We're like, hey, we're meeting at the, 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 the multiplex at 7, the movie's at 7.20. We were really good at that. We weren't texting each other like, what do you want to do? No. That's, we had one shot. Or we weren't seeing you. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. Incredible. It's funny, kind of thinking about that because now I, I, th- I think I've I've fallen into the shit. I can't get places. <laughs> I can't get I, places in Westlake. It's ten minutes away. It's <laughs> like man, like if I, my wife left her phone the one day, um, and I was like, I was like being an anxious wreck for yeah. her. I'm like, you know, she ran out. She ran to like, like I don't know, like grocery store or something. And I was like, oh man, I gotta like take her phone to her. She needs her phone. And I'm like, calm down. You're an yeah. idiot. Like, <laughs> she's going to be gone for like an hour. Yeah, she's a trader she's going to come back. <laughs> it's fine. Like, but. but do, yeah, I do. I've, I've joked around with like like my nephews and stuff. Like, I honestly think I could take you to Willoughby, take your phone and drive away. I think you'd die. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I don't, as an 18 year old, I think you would die. Something would happen. You would pet the wrong animal. Uh, and this is Willoughby, not Beirut. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but it's far enough away where I don't think you can find your way back. I'll never forget when I first got my license. I was 16. Um, and I, you know, like a kid does, I, you know, just, I was like, I'm just out driving. And again, didn't have a cell phone, didn't know where I was going. And uh, I somehow ended up at Coventry. Now, to get from Independence to Coventry, like, I'm replaying this in my mind today as an adult where I'm like, I have no idea how I did that. But I literally, like, arrive at this place and didn't know what Coventry was at the time. And I'm like, and this I'm sorry, place is amazing. There's actually two Coventries that are almost equidistant far from each other. Are you talking about the one up here on the east side? Yeah. Okay. There actually is a Coventry, like, down in Akron. I don't know if I There really is. There's like a Coventry okay. High School. There's an area called Coventry. Okay. And every time someone says that, I'm like, which one? Oh, yeah, I'm no, from no, Akron I, originally, so okay. I, I know it. So it's yeah, no, funny. But you're talking about independence, and it's literally like right in the middle of the two Coventry. It is. You're right. You're right. So, and and valid point. Um, but no, I'm talking about the one up in Cleveland. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm like, 
but it's funny because then I'm like, okay, now I have to find my way home. And, you know, you're driving around and you're like, I just, just show me a freeway. Just get me towards a freeway and I know I can get home. And uh, those are things today that I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to put it in my phone. You know, you didn't know if there was going to be traffic or, you know, if a road was closed or whatever. And today it's just like, oh, I put it in my phone. Oh, I look, I got to do a detour. I put, get, I put get-go in, the, in, in, in my <laughs> phone. I can see it from here. I'm like, well, I still need to know the best route. Yeah. What if, yeah, what if I, that's closed? I need to go this way. Yeah, I got to check and see. But that was the other thing, too. Like, I check to see what time things are open. I check to see what time they're closed, what they have, the menu. You might, I mean, there was a time where I would go to a restaurant. And I didn't know it sucked till I got there. Oh, yeah. Wait, that was a, a, just a thing. Yeah. And and I think I think you, the, the one thing, you can always make the argument, obviously, that where we are now, too much information can be very good and it can be incredibly bad. Mm-hmm. But I think in kind of the realm that you're in, the music realm and you know obviously the podcasting and things like that too it's amazing the things that i am able to find and the bands that i am able to find just from scrolling through reels for five minutes i mean i that's how i find i don't i'm not even sure if i even remember how i used to find new music (laughs) but now i find it i still to this day it's a family guy joke but i think that the best app ever been invented is shazam is just being able to just like i'm in a store and i'm like I am that dude. I will just click Shazam and I'll hold it up like in the, the in J Crew to try to find out <laughs> what the fuck is playing right now. I, I just that's how I find new shows or tune find from all the TV shows that I watch because I watch I can't watch movies are too long television <laughs> shows and some of these shows have absolutely amazing soundtracks just rifled through them yep. and that's what I find now. So I I, I do 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 love that. Um, but you are so. How many years are you in music now? Too? Like, like was you talk about moving back? So was this whole life everything? Or did you find it later? Like, like what was your kind of I, like music gig journey? No, I, I, um, I was in like third grade. I saw Phantom of the Opera. Um, was in Toronto, saw it, loved it, and we grew. I grew up. Uh, got three older siblings. My two older brothers played guitar and and had some very basic four track recording equipment and some other stuff. Um, and we had this old organ in the in our living room, and uh, I, after seeing Phantom of the Opera, I'm like, I need to I need to play it. I need to, and I would like listen to the CD. I would listen to the soundtrack, and then I just started by ear figuring out Phantom of the Opera on the organ, um, and it was rude and, or, or crude and, and you know elementary, and I wasn't doing a great job with it. But it was that was that was it. That was the fire. That was like I'm learning how to play these. I wanted to play Phantom of the Opera and Music of the Night, um, and how old? Like third grade, that's wild. Well, it, J- just when you think about again, for me, and I know everyone's different, but that's kind of the thing about music. Like certain music just grabs somebody right away. Like when you think about some of your favorite artists, and then you hear, like what got you started, and it's and they'll tell you, and you're like that mm-hmm. that did it. I'm not saying that's odd. That's obviously a beautiful piece that that is world now but as a third grader to kind of be caught by that you know what i mean i that when i first saw that and i had seen other plays and i'd loved going to the theater with my parents uh, my parents had me when they were 40 um so i and my my siblings were all much older than me so my oldest brother was is 17 years older than me and my sister is about 11 years older than me and then my middle brother's 13 years older than me uh, or was he, he passed but um so i was i was an accident i was i was the oops baby but that also meant that my parents were kind of in their phase of life where they were kind of going and doing things. They were going on trips or going to the theater or whatever. Um, so I grew up 
going to the theater with them or, you know, sitting around playing pinochle with them or, or doing whatever. So I had these like, quote unquote, older hobbies. Um, and I, and I love the theater and I loved music, but fan of the opera, when that overture first hits, I mean, I like, I had goosebumps and I was like, holy shit, this is something different. Um, and I loved it. I became obsessed. I wanted all the Phantom of the Opera memorabilia. I, I saw it, I think, like five times in two years and just was absolutely obsessed with it. And then, uh, uh, and, and prior to that, my, my, my musical tastes were very different. Um, so my sister, who was 11 years older than me, was, was into like Richard Marks and, and Cyndi Lauper and more of this like pop kind of stuff. Um, my brothers were more into like Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and, um, and uh, Ozzy Osbourne, um, and my parents were into Patsy Cline and Buddy Holly and all this other stuff. So like, I had these all amazing, by the way. Oh, and it was oh my god! I didn't realize yeah. how eclectic it was and how wonderful it was. Um, I don't think I heard Patsy Cline until I was thirty. Oh my, man! Like I grew up playing, you know, Beach Boys and Big Bopper and like all these like amazing songs from the fifties and sixties and um, and some stuff even from like the forties, but. Um, just really grew up with this eclectic mix of music, but it was all, if you look at it all, it's all effectively like pop music. It was all stuff that was on the radio mm -hmm. at some, you know, point during these, during these, that is a commonality decades. with all those. They would all, at least for a time, regardless of the genre, they were pop music for a bit. Yeah. Uh, and again, I know pop music, like people think pop is like, Oh, it's this type of thing. But for me, like, Pop is short for popular. It and is. So it's, it's popular music, so music that was on the radio, to me, is the definition of pop music. Um, and I, so I, I grew up with these with these songs that were, you know, overall fairly predictable and, and very much had these, like, you know, oh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus kind of, you know, formulas. Um, and they were great, and they were, you know, I, I absolutely loved them. Uh, Phantom was the first time I experienced something that really moved me that felt a little different uh, and really opened up my eyes to like what music could be. Um, but then the, the, the next like quote unquote religious experience I had was um, I was in sixth grade and uh, I, I heard Green Day. Uh, I, I had heard Green Day a little bit on and off like on the radio or, or whatever, but I saw Basket Case. Um, saw the video and oh, yeah. I mean I turned my TV up as loud as I could it was MTV when they still you know played music and um, turned it up as loud as I could go and just I mean it was the first time I experienced something where I'm like that's mine that music right there is mine and like Dookie became the first CD I ever owned uh, first song I ever learned on, on guitar was Basket Case to this day Basket Case is still my favorite song um I mean, but I, I was moved by that moment. And uh, and that was, like, I always was a performer. Again, growing up with older siblings, the only way you kind of got noticed was by performing or doing something mm -hmm. silly or whatever. Um, so I'm, I do juggling and magic, and I do a bunch of other things, and I, you know, I, I love performing. Um, but music, like, I knew from a young age that I loved music, and uh, I still to this day, like, believe that, the way my life came together and, and all these other things that the, the reason I'm am who I am is, is to do music is to put music into the world. Um, and to try to leave the world a little bit more of a magical, brighter, happier place than how I found it. Um, but yeah, man, Green performer Day. at heart. I mean, everything yeah. you just mentioned is performing that 
I, uh, so, so you, I've always thought things like performing. Well, obviously, I think performing and public speaking are very, very similar. Some people struggle with that, and some people don't even notice that they're doing something that a lot of people legitimately have a phobia of, mm-hmm. of having not being able to talk in front of people, sing. I mean, I remember the first time I sang in front of people, it sounded awesome in my head. Like the weeks and the months going up to like practicing and getting ready, getting tight. And then like five minutes before we go on, I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to sing in front of people right now. And even then, even though I was well aware of what was, I planned it, I even booked it. It was completely my idea and it was still something that I was, I struggled, struggled with. But that wasn't really something that you like, did, did you ever see that as something as an obstacle or were you just like, this is just my thing? Um, so when I was in school, like second, third, fourth, fifth grade, like I would constantly sing in class. I would constantly be singing to myself. I'd be, um, when we were in music class, I was, I would just sing away. I'm sure that I wasn't great. I mean, I was, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have any like recordings of me from that time. Um, but I just loved it. And it was one of those things that I I don't know how else to describe it other than saying like, it's just, it was natural. It's like. Did you think about, you know, were you ever afraid to go to the bathroom? Were you ever afraid to breathe air? Like, I was never afraid to sing. You know, I was never afraid to be in front of people. Full Interesting. That, I've been afraid to go to the bathroom before. <laughs> it's a longer story, and it was in Mexico. <laughs> it's, I will say that the older I get, the more fear and doubt creeps in. Because now all of a sudden, like, as a kid, the whole world's in front of you. And you're like, oh, man, I'm going to be in the biggest band in the world and all this stuff. And it's going to be great. And then you get older, and you're like wait, all the optimism and, and potential is like behind me now. And now I'm supposed to be good. Now I'm supposed to be doing this stuff. And if I don't do it, not only do I feel like I'm failing my purpose on this planet, but I also feel like I'm a fool and I wasted my life and I'm wasting. So like the stakes are much higher now. Um, and so sometimes that, you know, that gets to me. Uh, and, you know, and everybody uh, talks about yeah, imposter uh, syndrome and all this other stuff. Adulting comes with almost like more self-awareness. It's a <clears throat> in, 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 in some cases, that's obviously a very good thing. In other cases, it's not that I don't think self-awareness is ever a bad thing, but it can be a little more daunting yeah. because you're just more aware of your surroundings, the people around you and the stakes. Yeah. It's kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I had played like school talent shows and stuff, like played keyboard and stuff, but I never sang. And then uh, eighth grade, um, I played Basket Case uh, for the school talent show and sang it. And and that was it. That was like the moment that I realized, like, I, this is what I want to do for the rest of I my life. I swear to God, I went to the only high school that did not have a talent show. <laughs> I have so many people like, doing the high school talent show. I'm like, fuck, what was wrong with my I don't stupid think high school? My high school didn't do it. My eighth grade, eighth grade did. My middle school did. Even worse. My grade but, school. I went to a grade school in high school that didn't care if you had talent. <laughs> Well, it's, and none of us did, so I guess it made. <laughs> I guess it would have been a waste of a show. <laughs> they, they like knew. They like looked at you guys. They're like, guys, we're not like, doing. We're a- just gonna do that same fucking. You know the, the the three wise men, the the Bethlehem. Someone's gonna play Mary. The shit that every school does. Because let's face it, your kids are idiots. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna have a talent show, but I don't think I saw a guitar like an at like in person. Like a real guitar, I don't think I saw one. That was like twenty five. Wow. I, I mean, going obviously. Well, that I, that's an embellishment. Obviously, I went and saw shows. I, I did like. I don't think I realized how much I liked music. I always everyone likes music, but it does hit people differently. Obviously, it hit you differently. 
everyone has a song that they like or one that they remember or one that when it comes on, they always hear it all the way to the end mm-hmm. or one that makes them think of something. It's a very, music is very grabbing and, 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 and visceral where it can take you back to a time mm-hmm. or a thought or a person or a mood. You know, like I, I remember for, you know, I remember for a time where I swear to God, I listened to four songs. In t- 2018, I, I really think I just listened to four songs. And what's so incredible about that is you can say that, and then, you know, in, in, in an off moment, I could be like, oh, what are those songs? And you're like, it was this this one by uh, Kid this Cuddy, person. Day and Night. That. And, like, sometimes yeah. you don't even remember that, that, like, that song was such a big part of your life, but then you hear it again, and you're like, that's what it is. Oh, man. The, Why? I do. I remember three of them consistently no problem not a problem at all because they were all not weird but they were all okay so they so the kid cuddy one obviously is not it's not weird it's a fucking amazing song uh vance joy uh uh, george is is amazing oh okay he's george that's i love all the songs for some reason that one sticks gotcha yep um and then this song and it's weird because you've taught you talk about this on happy hour sessions about the length of the song i have for the most part always stayed away from long songs like when i say the song is like seven minutes I'm like fuck what like i have something to do like i can't make it through this song but it was the song uh, uh thinking of a place by the war on drugs it's a beautiful song but it's legitimately about 11 minutes long and i don't even know why i like it and the fourth one <laughs> I don't remember. And when I hear it, I will remember yep. exactly what you said is right. I know there were four because I remember thinking to myself, why am I only listening to these four songs? I was like going through shit. And, and for some reason, those are the ones that I related to. And I only want to hear yeah. those. But it's amazing. I mean, art it's and weird. music, it can come into your life. It serves its purpose. And and yeah. And then sometimes we like, uh, one of my good friends makes this comment where he's like, I, you know, I, He's like, we're constantly being reborn. And sometimes he's like, I, I will write songs to like put a part of me into this song and, and say, okay, well, that was that point in my life. And, and you know, then he emerges from his cocoon to the next, you know, evolution of his life. And I kind of feel like that's the way even sometimes when listening to songs where you'll hear a song and like you, you almost like leave part of yourself with that song. And then sometimes, yeah, you just forget about it because you're like, oh man, I haven't been, you know, I don't feel that way anymore, so I don't think about that song anymore, you know, or whatever it is. But well, you evolve, and again, I think again with age and experience, I think that happens. I mean, I, you know, it's a lot of people when they're young, they don't know a whole lot. They write, you know, people write about what they know about. Yep. You know, very few of us are fifteen-year-old, you know, songwriting savants that can turn like this some that this political thing into like kind of like a magical joke that's also got a real yep. cute hook to it or something like that. You write about girls dumping you or shit like that yeah. or, or feeling isolated you know things that kids feel and then you grow up and maybe you don't even maybe everything that you write is third person you know mm-hmm. maybe everything you write is the story you made up you know it, it just it, it kind of evolves like was that yours or, or how do you write now like comparatively like how's yours kind of evolved <sighs> that's 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 a wonderful question and one that i love exploring because it's it's constantly changing um i write the, 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 I have always written in very, very different ways. Always. From the first songs I've ever written, it was, you know, sometimes I would start with music. Sometimes I start with lyrics. Sometimes I start with this idea. Um, but I was always, because I listened to so much different kind of music, I have songs that, like, songs when I was going through a big Metallica phase or Red Hot Chili Peppers phase or Garth Brooks phase or 
Celine Dion phase. And, you know, each of my songs have very, like, I could point at certain things and be like, oh, listen to this. This is from, you know, this thing. Like, I was, like, I'm, I'm the kind of person who saw Titanic eight times in the theater. I made a mixtape, again, before you could burn CDs, I made a tape of um, My Heart Will Go On on a, just a cassette tape I recorded off the radio and then, like, just looped it over and over on this cassette tape through two tapes uh, so that I had a whole entire cassette tape of My Heart Will Go On. And that's all I listened to for, like, I felt like, I don't know, six years. But listen to it forever. But then I would take certain parts of it. I'm like, okay, so why do I like this song? Like, okay, so it lifts here and it changes here and there's this, you know, like, what how is she singing here and how is the song written why is it built here what's the bass doing and i would start to listen to these things and green day specifically like they were amazing teachers for somebody listening to music and being like oh wow because it's it's a three-piece it's relatively straightforward but the bass is constantly moving billy joe is constantly singing and when he's not singing there's it like there's not guitar solos so how are they make it interesting by moving the chords pretty fast or trey you know doing a drum fill here or whatever so i in so many ways subconsciously was like hearing these things and as I started to write music it just kind of kept like I'd pull from these and again I go back to like Buddy Holly and Patsy Cline those songs were amazingly written and I still think if you if you gave Buddy Holly hell if you gave Mozart an electric guitar or Beethoven or Bach I would love like I think they'd be metal gods I think be some people just sing and go yeah and I think that it's kind of the same thing like Buddy Holly if he had a little more distortion on his guitar he'd be you know pop punk he'd be pop rock whatever um but the to hear those songs get the ideas of what they're trying to say and build it in a way in, in my head where I was like oh man I could hear the bass doing this or the guitar doing that or whatever um you know, I, sometimes I need to hold a guitar and, and work, work my way through it. Other, other ways I'm like, I just, I hear the music in my head and I just, I'm writing the lyrics to it or whatever. Um, but it's all, it, it differs, which is why on happy hours, um, I, one of my, one of the guests I just had on, uh, her name is Jackie Popovic and she fronts the Vindies and which mm. they're phenomenal and she is amazing. And I, I, most times I'm not super intimidated to like have somebody on cause I'm like, I, oh, you know, I've, can hold my own, whatever. But she was one of those where I was intimidated because I'm like, she she expects a lot of the people around her and, and herself and um, and in, in the best possible way and pulls out, you know, great things. But man, we had a blast and I felt like, okay, I, I just, I need to, I don't know. I, I don't want to be the reason why this, you know, this song doesn't get done or this song fails or whatever. Um, but she made a comment to me there uh, and I don't think we ever it, it made it on, on film, but she was like, it makes sense why you can do happy hours because you can write sometimes lyrics first or, or music first or whatever and and can get into other people's heads like and explore these ideas of how we're writing and where we're going from uh, and have such a wide array of, you know, influences that, I don't know, I just, I, I and, 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 you know, as a kid, I tried to stay away from my Green Day, Green Day influences because I'm like, I don't want to just make everything sound like Green Day. But as I got older, I'm like, you can't run from your influences. Like, this is what I grew up on. This is what I love. And if something sounds like Green Day, then it sounds like Green Day. And I'm, it, it just, it is what it is. You said so many things there that, that I, I Yeah, I don't very, shut up, so I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't mean that in a negative way. Because uh, you, you said so many things there. I just want to make sure I get all of them because they all kind of sparked 
a segue, a question, or something that I can just very much relate to. Yeah. First, you talked about kind of being nervous around, you know, kind of having somebody on, you know. I've, I've had people on here that I'm very nervous to talk to because similar to you, most people that come here, 90% of the people that come here, 95, uh, I don't know math, but a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know them. You know, I, I really, really don't. Um, I reach out because I, I, I know of them. I've heard of them. They've been you know, referred to me as someone that would be really, really cool, but I don't know them. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the most part, I feel pretty com- not confident. I'm, I'm comfortable. Confident, definitely not. Comfortable, I, I am. Um, and usually like, it's like that first interaction, like, you know, when you walk in the door, like it's something that is still kind of instilled in me. Like I, I, I take a lot of, from that first interaction, no matter how small or basic it is, you know, the, yep. the, the, the tone in your voice, when you say hello, the eye contact, all that kind of shit. But yeah, I've, I've had people on here that I've been very, I'm still, I get nervous thinking about the interview I already did. You know, like I was just joking around about this with uh, another podcast team, uh, the Locally Grown Girls, who I love. Mm-hmm. But uh, when Doug Tratner came on, I was nervous the whole time. Like I would say something, like we'd be in the middle, so I'd say something like, what are your thoughts? And in my head, I'm like, that was so fucking dumb. <laughs> you know, and just other people that I didn't have to be. Like I was kind of nervous to talk to Mikey Silas because he's just, I, I like him. He's such a cool guy. And he's really well respected. A lot of people like mm-hmm. him a lot. I, I, I He's just kind of that guy that everyone in the music scene knows and he helps. He's a sweet guy. And even as we're talking, I'm like, why am I nervous? He's so fucking nice. Yep. But, you know, the, it still does happen, you know. For you, I can see that, though, because it's not just like a, hey, I hope our personalities don't clash. You're literally creating something on the spot. Um, and I think that's a good kind of segue into kind of the happy hour session. So please, first give me a break. You, you actually do a breakdown on, on YouTube of just kind of what is, like a minute and a half, I think, of, of what it is. But please, just if you can just explain in your words what, what, what it is. Uh, basically, it's I. I had been in music for a while and been getting interviewed by people, and they all asked the same questions. They were all like, "Oh, how did you get into music? Oh, what's your influences? Oh, what's your favorite song?" And blah blah blah. And I was I was always like, "That's not the way to get to know an artist. If you want to get to know an artist, you get to know their process. Get to know." And it kind of felt natural that like uh, I, I basically wanted to combine like Hot Ones with Drunk History with uh, Daryl's House. I forgot um, about drunk history. Yeah, it's so good. It is. It's great. Oh. And I was like, man, you know, like you get somebody having drinks, and you get them talking about themselves and talking about their music and how they write songs, and let's write a song together, and try to make them the star and like get in their head. How do they write? What do they? You know, hey, why'd you pick that chord? Why'd you, you know, pick those lyrics there? Um, and I had no idea. Like the first one I did, I called up my buddy. Uh, his name's Eric Kronstein. And he owns a studio down in Cincinnati, and he's a phenomenal engineer, and he's he's a great dude. And I was like, hey, and it was during COVID, and we didn't, uh, um, we, you know, weren't playing shows or anything. And I was like, I'm losing my mind. I need to create. I need to do something. Called him up, and I was like, hey, what what do you think about you and I? We're gonna throw up some cameras. We're gonna get really drunk and write a song in in two hours. He's like, I think it sounds like a horrible idea, but I'm in. <laughs> um, so we came up and we got really drunk and wrote a song based on uh, fortune cookie sayings, um, and and I tell you what, I mean, it, it worked. It was it was a proof of concept. The song wasn't great, but it was good enough. Uh, Eric was a wonderful guest, and and we figured out a lot. And as you can tell, I talk a lot, 
So I'm so glad you do. Honestly, there are some times <laughs> like I just did it right before we segued into here. I'm such a dog shit interviewer because I'm like, after a while, I'm like, hey, moron, you're actually talking to them. Well, no one wants to hear you talk. <laughs> and that's what I had to see. I saw myself on camera and I was like, oh, man, I talk way too much. I need to shut up. I need to let them answer. I need to. And so like, I learned so much about myself and, and interviewing and all that. But like it was so raw. It was it was a. But it was fine. It was it did its thing, and we you know we put it out as a as a first episode, um, and you know each each episode I did I you know we got better, and I think we've got like twenty five episodes out now, and uh, um, you know and, and we tried different things and, and different experiments. But bottom line is most of these guys, like you said, like most of these people I had not actually met before. Mm-hmm. They come in is the first time I meet them, and what you see is real. Like we have to write a song in two hours mm-hmm. based on a completely, you know, random prompt or, or random other song. And I mean, there are times where I'm like having these moments with these people where I'm like, this is, I'm going to use the word intimate. Obviously I don't mean like sexually or anything, but just like, this is a really private, personal, intimate moment that we're having. And I have been really blessed to have this ability to like, Meet with somebody and you forget the cameras are there. And it's just you and I writing a song, creating art, creating something magical. And even if the song isn't good, it doesn't matter. It's You get to experience somebody in a way that most people will never, ever, ever get to experience an artist. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's unbelievable. The word intimate is, is 100% accurate. Uh, to, to me, it is. I know what you mean, um, but yeah, it's, it's very accurate. And I say that as somebody that is an absolutely terrible musician, but is a huge fan of music. I used to love things. I don't know if you if you ever saw like a VH1 Storytellers. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I absolutely, I thought that was just such an, there, there are some shows over the years that I just loved so much. And I love Storytellers. If anyone hasn't seen it, I'm sure it's on YouTube. But basically it would be like a band playing a set, but they would talk, and they weren't even really being interviewed. They were almost being just prompted to talk about the song before they actually played it. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite one still is the Stone Temple Pilots one because it was right when number four came out. And uh, it's so weird because I was just talking about this too. And Scott Weiland was very sober, very present, very clear. He was what Scott Weiland really, really was, I think, as a person. He was funny. He was smart. He was witty. He was, you know, standoffish and in your face all at the same time. It's just kind of what he was. And uh, but it was number four. So it was a great album, and they would, he would talk about where it came from, and then they would play the song. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I just remember looking at the audience, like God, how fucking cool would that be to be there? Um, and when I saw Happy Hour Session, that's kind of what I thought of is things like that. Even though it's you're making a song versus not playing ones that you guys have already written, but it's a very vulnerable time because you know. I don't. I can't remember what the exact is. Like, no one wants to see how the sausage is made or something like that. Because yep. it's not clean. It's clunky sometimes. It's 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 difficult. It's frustrating. And you're taking something like everyone hears stories about an amazing song that you love that was written in 15 minutes. Most of them aren't done that way. Correct. Especially when you are, and not that you're forcing it. I know it's like kind of like a concept, but in a way, you are kind of forcing the creative process, which most people will be like, eh. That's very, it's not that it's a bad idea, but it's definitely difficult because you're speeding up something that is kind of spontaneous. Well, I think what most, um, I'm going to make a really maybe ignorant generalization here. So, no, you'll be so fine. bear with it's, me. It's, I do it I, all the time. <laughs> I think most artists 
who are really doing it long term understand that songwriting is not an art it's a craft and it is something that you can force or or what and, and it doesn't mean that you are writing like there are times you get those moments of inspiration where your muse talks to you and you can write this beautiful song or other times where you start to write a song you set it down you come back to it three weeks later you write more of it or you end well, that, up cannibalizing I mean. like, like you, it comes back to you later you know it's it's yeah it's you're not truncated it happens when it happens you know stephen king i think talks about uh you know you, you don't want to walk around with notebooks to write down your ideas because if it's a really good idea you're gonna just keep thinking just about remember it remember it yeah um and he's like you know no notebooks is where average ideas or good ideas come to die and average ideas flourish or something like that and it was it's really well said but you know at the end of the day if you and I write a song in 15 minutes or in, in an hour or in two hours, it's much more about the exercise of it. And it's like, you know, if you watch, I don't know, if you watch football practice and, and you watch these guys run patterns and they're working things through or whatever, you know, you're not looking at them and saying like, oh, well, he didn't catch that. You're looking at it and saying like, oh, yeah, he's working on that pattern or that thing. And that's kind of what this is, is like we're working on the craft of songwriting. You're getting to know the people behind the music and, and behind like how the artists actually create this stuff, the stories of their life. Um, and it is, man, like it is, it's daunting. Cause like there are days that I'm not feeling it. There's days that I'm like, I don't know if this guest and I are going to get along. There's days that I feel like I'm uh, like, and there's days that the guest is intimidated or doesn't know what's going on. And so yeah. they're kind of like, like, I feel like I'm, you know, pulling, more out of them than maybe they're comfortable doing um and then you know and then they also trust us to edit because like i'll be honest like there's like when you're in the creative process and you're drinking like there's things that you say or do that aren't you know you don't want out in the world like most of these things uh joshua jesty made a great comment where i was like hey you know what are you thinking what did you write down in your notebook and he's like i was like hey can you can you tell me what you wrote down in the notebook he's like no He's like, if, if this was me writing, actually writing a song, I wouldn't tell you. But for the purposes of this, you know, what we're doing, this exercise and the cameras, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, but I think that's most of us. Like, I can't tell you how many journals I have that are written that I'm like, I hope nobody ever sees it. Mm. Because I think people are going to judge it. Or, or, But that's also how I process. And, I, and I'm saying, like, there are things that I will write down that are potentially horrible things but that's me processing it and saying like, why do I feel this way? Or why do I, why am I using this analogy as a thing that I'm feeling? And then how do I turn it into art or write it out or work it out? Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's the, 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 the more, even more intriguing and interesting thing about, about happy hour, the show. I don't know what you would call it a show. I, I don't know. what you're I call it a show. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do too. I just or... didn't know it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, because think about all the things that we just talked about in terms of like, you know, a vulnerable experience, trying to write, trying to, in a way, kind of push or force creativity. I don't know if those are the right words, but in a way it is. And then double up with somebody that you don't know. Oh, yeah. Or don't know very well. You're familiar with, but you don't, like, person, like, you, you could, I mean, we all, I mean, everyone has, has heard about an artist that they love, and then if you met them in person, they'd be terrible. Yep. Like, it, that's a lot of pressure and a lot of things that kind of have to work just to put out something creative and fun that you're both happy with. I will say one of the things that I got good at was kind of pulling somebody's hand through the process and being like, hey, you know, let's, like, if you can tell when people get stuck, you can tell when they start getting in their own head. And then just like, hey, let's, let's work on the chorus now. Hey, let's work on this. Talk to me about the idea, you know, and then be like, okay, like, if you get them brainstorming, you get them out of their own way, and you try different techniques of songwriting and brainstorming, you can usually get people over that roadblock and over that, you know, that, 
writer's block. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's episodes that we've done where it's just a verse and a chorus. Yeah. Or it's, you know. A, I love that. You guys actually talk about that in a lot of the episodes, too. Yeah. like Taking away the, it doesn't necessarily. In fact, I don't remember. I want to, you know, I think it was, the, maybe it was the, the, the Shayla episode where you said, hey, maybe the song's 90 seconds or something like that. And I love that because you know, we've talked a lot about pop music. And I think there is a, a conception in the general public that a song is two and a half to three and a half minutes. But there aren't. There's are some great songs that are literally a minute and nine seconds. I joked around about the one that I listened to that's 11 minutes. Like, I, I'm sure it's harder, but really tough for you guys to write an 11-minute song. But I love that you said that. Because then I started thinking, he's right. It absolutely doesn't. There's no rule that says it has to be three minutes long. That's and, and when you tell an artist, hey, you're allowed to write a bad song today. Because it doesn't matter what the end result is. It matters the process. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, I can write a bad song, and it can be 90 seconds, and we can just get in it. Like, Scuff's episode. I don't know if you watched the, if you watched the episode or watched the performance, but like we intentionally were like, we're not going to force this song and like have to write a, a yeah. bridge and, and more choruses. Like we're just going to let it be what it is. Um, and yeah, you guys talk about that. Like, yeah. About, well, you talk about like, I can't remember exactly what the concept was, but it was also like most verses are bad and choruses are good or, or something along those lines. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's again, general formulas. Like I do, I do a writing exercise where I write a song in like 15, 20 minutes. Um, and I, we've started putting them out. We actually just put one out a couple days ago. Um, and the idea is that it's me and it's, we, we put it out unedited. So you see me writing a song in 15 or 20 minutes and yeah. going through the process and talking about it and talking about what I'm hearing and seeing. And, and, um, I, and I, I have tools that I fall back on. Like I know that if I start with the chorus and get an idea of what the chorus is, then I can fill in the verse. I know that that you know the chorus is this many lines. The verse can be this many lines, and I can, you know, like I, like there are things that I just kind of like take for granted, almost like oh yeah, it's just how you write a song. And if I had a bridge, I had you know whatever. Um, but the general formula is like you know ninety eight percent of pop songs out there have the chorus be the most important part, the biggest part. The that was the part. phrase used, important part. Yeah. And with Scuff, we were like because of the nature of the song. And this idea that, um, spoiler for anybody who hasn't watched it, we, we were talking about um, heaven isn't uh, too far away. Um, Warrant, yes. Yeah, that was our that was our inspiration song, and we said, you know, what if you realize that heaven isn't, you know, we, we think that heaven's going to be this great journey or this great goal to get to, but what if you realize when you get there that you're like, shit, man, like the best part of everything was the journey. That was it was, it was you know being with my friends. Now I'm here in heaven, and this is kind of boring. Uh, so what if you're looking forward to a thing that you shouldn't be looking forward to? And so taking that idea, like, so if people are looking forward to the chorus, maybe we just don't let them look forward to the chorus. You know, it's like make the verse the interesting thing. Make the chorus feel meh, like, and just flip it on his head. Do it, you know, let's try it. What, what, I do, you know, and honestly, like, I don't know if you even remember, but I do. Because uh, I listened to Scuff's episode twice. Um, but you referred to it also. I think it was like you were talking about the difference between standing in line for a ride and actually standing in line was the best part. Mm-hmm. And maybe man, the that best really part of riding the rides of the moments and that we stand stuck with me. That really standing did. Standing in line, yeah. And it's 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 a uh, it's, 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 it's man. He just he killed that, that dude. Episode. 
he delivered it so well, man. He's yeah, he he is truly a an anomaly, and I mean that in the biggest compliment. Oh yeah, possible. he's special. He is he a is. especially it's 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 curious when you're having that conversation with him about the cur the, the the chorus and the verse, because for him there are some some of his songs I listen to as one long verse, mm-hmm. you know, just because the way that he writes and it's a it's a it's a. I think when I first started listening to Scuff, I, I I think I mistook it for more of a hip hop vibe, but it's a storytelling vibe. Oh, and I did the same thing. Yeah, I, I admit that I did the same thing. The first couple songs I listened to, I was expecting it like, yeah, like oh, he's doing hip hop or whatever. And then I realized, no, it's more spoken word. No, it's more it's what it's just his flow. It, it, it's yeah, his, yeah, it it's is. his cadence. It's storytelling and it's beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely and beautiful. Uh, you know, like sometimes his aesthetic looks like it's a little more, you know, and again, I'm I'm you know. He puts out so much content, which is wonderful. Like you, you especially in this day and age, you need to. Um, but shame on me. Like I would, you know, had some of these stereotypes in my head where I'm like, oh, he's doing this thing. He looks this way. He's saying this stuff. It's clearly, you know, hip hop. Or it's clearly. I was like, no, he's doing something different, and it's amazing. And there, some of the stuff is a punk vibe. Some of the stuff is a, you know, acoustic kind of folky vibe. And like, he pulls from all these different places, and it's that's beautiful. Th- and that that's uh, the, just dumb luck. I was before he came on. Like usually, when I have a musician on, I'll listen to their music for like the two or one or two days, like before on, just what's fresh in my mind. And uh, with him, I think the first ones I listen to, and they're just curiosity. It's just bruises is still my favorite song of his. It's an absolutely beautiful song, but it's not a happy song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if you listen to his his lyrics are very much storytelling, and it's it's. It's just wild, but then again, I can't remember. I uh, the name is a of course the name of the song has escaped me now, but he does an acoustic version of it as well, and it sounds like an Irish folk song. Mm-hmm. It's that's just yeah. I'm a big, big, big fan of him, and I love that was the first episode I went to uh, when I saw that he had been on, and then obviously the other one, it's Shayla and Taylor, and phenomenal. Just, Taylor's oh my god, Taylor's was so she was she's incredible. That girl is just I mean, I, man, she, she's something. When we did the her, the episode. Uh, I, it was the first time I had ever met her, um, and I was, like, watching, you know, stuff on her and listening to music, and I'm like, how does this girl have, like, no fans? Like, she is unbelievable, and she is so sweet, and, like, I just, I, I love Taylor. And, uh, <laughs> and then we wrote this song, and she had such great ideas and such great viewpoints from where she was coming from. And I was, like, ultimately when we performed that, that song, I, I was like, I shouldn't. Like, most times I try to play with the person. Like, I'll play bass and they play, you know, guitar or I'll play, you know, whatever. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll try to compliment each other or they'll just sing and I'll play guitar or whatever. Um, but this time it was like, no, you just play acoustic alone because yeah. I'm not going to bastardize the song by touching an instrument next. And I have, as she, like, I, like as she was performing the, the, the final versions, spoiler, we, we usually do, like, five or six final versions um, and then pull the one best one and say like, okay, this is it. This is what we're using. We don't auto tune. We don't do any of that kind of stuff, but we, we do try to like perform it a bunch just so we like, Hey, what's the best version of the song so we can put it out. And uh, I just, I sat there with my phone and was just recording her. Like, I'm like, we have all these other cameras and nice things, but like, I just wanted to capture this moment of how good, like her voice is so just, magical and her tone is so great and i love the way you do the end version too because the end version is similar and very different every single time like there's a not a formula but you guys do have like a a pattern in which at the end you'll obviously do the 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 last and i don't think i realized until you just said it but yeah like i think with you and scuff you guys look like you were in an outside courtyard Mm -hmm. but taylor looked like she was just in a 
Not a dark room, so, but a dimly lit room by herself. And she it, was it part of season one. She was part of season one. Yeah. And season one was filmed um, at a at an old house um, that we renovated for a music studio. Um, it was a, a house that was going to be torn down, and um, COVID had just hit. And this ho- we, we had an opportunity to use this house. And I was like, hey, before we knock down this house, can we can we use it? you know, for our studio, because we can't go into music studios or, or we don't want to go to rehearsal spaces or do anything else. I was like, I'm just going to come here. I'm going to set up a small studio, you know, do some demos or something and, and whatever. And uh, I just figured it was going to be like a three-month thing or maybe a six-month thing and ended up being like a two-year thing that we just stayed in this house. Uh, and um, yeah, and that was where we started filming Happy Hours. So like the first like 18 episodes of Happy Hours, all season one, was filmed at that house. And then season two, so Scuffs, um, Shayla's been on twice. She did one in season one, one in season two. Uh, but hers, you know, from season two and Jackie Bobovics. And um, we, we, we did those. Uh, Reagan Gray, I don't know if you're familiar with Reagan. She's amazing, too. We uh, we did all of those, like, out on location at different bars and, yeah. and restaurants and distilleries and whatever. And uh, added definitely added a different element because season one, it was everything was controlled. We were in the house. We knew, you know, the place was ran, you know, uh, sound lines were ran we knew you know where we could film and and cameras you know we knew where our angles were and whatever but then season two we got a little more ambitious and uh had to actually scout out the places had to you know work with different bars and figure out when they were closed and how we can um do it but it, it was definitely a different vibe and really cool and it, in a dream world that's the way we want to keep going um but they're just they're expensive and uh you know, the future of, of, you know, sometimes you get lost, like with any art, um, sometimes you get lost trying to make it as pretty as you can, and really it's just the content. You know, like, I think people would watch that if it was in black and white and, yeah. you know, three iPhones set up or two iPhones set up. I think people would still watch the concept of getting to know your, your favorite artist or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, and then sometimes in a way I kind of disagree with you. The way that because yours is done really, really well, and it's something that when it's done really well, no one notices. When it's done poorly, is when everyone notices. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if the sound is bad, if the if your sound and your picture and your camera and your angles and your editing, if it's all great, everyone's like, I really like that song. Like th- that that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's not, that's what people. We're just accustomed to things being done well for us. So I, I know what you mean, but I, I, the as well as you do it, I think it does add to it. But it adds to it where we don't think about it and we only think about the song, if that makes sense. Yeah, and 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 that's you know we want it to be transparent. We we don't want you to be thinking about, you know, we want the music and the artist to be the the main focus yeah. and and nothing else be distracting. Um, but yeah, man, it it's been an amazing journey so far, and I've. I mean, I've gotten to work with some amazing artists and and really forge some amazing amazing relationships with people that, you know, because of uh, Taylor, like her and I, have, you know, d- worked on a couple of different projects together with with some stuff and like, um, you know, and, and like uh, I, I, Michael McFarland, he was on season one, and we wrote a song together called "Hard Act to Follow," that we both just were like, this song's magical. There's something about it, and we you know, ended up recording it and producing it and releasing it. And now it's, he plays it in the show, you know, regularly. And it's his last, the last song of his set. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with Messmaker, but Messmaker's 
hands down one of my top like three or four favorite bands. Uh, I'm gonna say favorite Cleveland bands, but also like they're in my top ten favorite bands. Yeah. Period. Like they are, they're phenomenal. Their live show is amazing. Um, Michael's a phenomenal writer. Writes really catchy pop rock kind of tunes that drive, but that also are very poignant and and the lyrics are are biting and in the best possible way. Um, and uh, um, but yeah, and we released the song and we were like like. It's gotten you know a bunch of plays on Spotify and and um, you know there's just times where you you know you, you do write music with with somebody and you're like hey there's there's something here. Uh, Is there anything better than that doing something you kind of dig and it turns out other people do too? No, I'll tell you man. Like there's a couple of, like Ray Flanagan and and Jewel Big Green like oh, working with Green. working uh, like writing with them it was incredible and and you know. We, we've talked about it a bunch. Like we, we want to get back in and, and record those songs. Um, you know, like, and, and there's some, some songs that I just think are magical for different reasons that, you know, maybe would never have commercial success, but I just think are beautiful songs for what they are. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, it really is incredible. So I, you know, is it, you know, we, coming back to the point of saying like, Hey, is it, you know, is it weird to like force art? It's yeah. But you know, I, I, I kind of think of, the art isn't just the one song. The art is the craft of songwriting. And, you know, as you hone that, most people that I work with know that, yeah, you can write a song in an hour or two hours, and maybe it's bad, but it's you're, it's just another step along the way. I can tell you that most songwriters I know have hundreds of songs that will never see the light of day because they don't think they're good enough. And I, I don't know if you ever heard the thing with Prince. Like, Prince has a vault of songs yeah. that never... And produced videos like they said is produced videos yeah and and <laughs> if it's you know like it's part of the journey of like hey i did 10 of these songs none of them are good enough but that 11th one is and this you know maybe one of these becomes just a you know one of the 10 songs or maybe it's the 11th one and it's magical but you know you never really know until you finish it I mean, that's I mean that's the kind of the cool thing about this, right? You know, you get to do things like this, and you know, forge friendships and partnerships or music partnerships in your case that you know maybe wouldn't have happened or, or maybe couldn't have, or maybe just wouldn't have come up. Not that they couldn't. I, it's 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 again, it's a cool thing doing stuff like this and specifically doing what you do because again, you know, I talk to a lot of people, but what you do is different because you're talking and creating simultaneously. Well, um, but I also, you know, my, my background with it was I was in bands like I was I played I'm still uh, active member like I'm I was in bands in high school and then uh, like seven, eight years ago um, formed a band called the Sublets. And uh, I mean, that's how I met Shayla. That's how I met some of these other people like like it, it, really I met Britton Roberts that way, who I don't know if you know Britton, but he's a phenomenal songwriter and producer um, and really sweet dude. Um, but like I met these guys and, and was playing music with these people and met so many great producers, like, you know, met Michael Seifert and, uh, Jim Stewart and Nate Saggio. And like there were an Eric Cronstein again, like so many of these great people that I got to meet and like just really click with so many of these guys. And as I kept, you know, like Sublets is a pop, is a pop punk band. Um, and then we moved like we were evolving with sublets into this band called Beach Week, which was more of a Paul Simony kind of vibe. And then out of that, we 
like, and it was all the same musicians. And we just kept, kind of kept evolving our sound and trying to figure out like what we wanted to do. And eventually we moved into, you know, doing Shayla Hope's, you know, solo project. Um, but, you know, I was still doing sublets as like a three piece, you know, punk band. And we're doing Shayla stuff as super refined pop and just kind of kept doing all this other. And I would still do acoustic shows. And, um, and, and through all that, I, I had, you know, I was, I had interest in, in some music studios and some, you know, different, different things. And, and then I started this label because I'm like, I, I want an, an avenue to help put out my friend's music. Um, and, you know, and, and, and so like, I've been working on all these different parts of the music industry, um, and met some really amazing people and saw some really amazing bands and, uh, and really was just, Cleveland is blessed with so much opportunity and so much talent and so much amazing art. Um, and happy hours is, is one small part of what I do, but I also think it's in some ways the most magical because at the core of it, it is two people getting in a room, enjoying time with each other and creating art. And to me, that is just, I mean, I mean it's magic. You're literally creating something out of nothing. And it, it is, I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I love it. Absolutely hey, love well it. you should. Is it hard to get people to do it? No, um, just because of the form, like if anyone maybe feels pressure, you know. You what know I mean? what's interesting is, uh, so we we have a submission form that we put out, uh, and you had mentioned Mikey before. He he filled out a submission form, and uh, he's he's one of those people that I'm like, I I want him on, I I, I want him on for a myriad of reasons. Um, I think he is such a nice dude. I think he's so sweet. Yeah, I think he's he really stupidly is. Stupidly talented, um, and. You know, we we kind of intentionally were like, hey, we're gonna pick like six acts to like, you know, do this the second season, and also like second se- like every season we do and every time we do it is kind of an experiment. We didn't know if we were gonna be, you know, if filming on location was gonna work. We didn't know if, you know, how this stuff was gonna go. And honestly, it's it's an eight hour day. Like people think like, oh, it's happy hours. You know, you put out this fifteen minute video, but like no, by the time the by the time the crew gets there, the makeup artist gets there, by the time you know we get there, the the they call it's weird they call us talent on set um but by the time i get there and the guest gets there um the guest is usually there for like six hours yeah you know we'll we'll do they do they go through makeup they do an interview process we do like a the brief uh intro part of the show um usually break for lunch or you know do some writing and then break for lunch um but the writing really is it's, it's two hours like there's a timer going that's that's very real uh but it but it's you know, you might write for an hour and then take a 15-minute break and then write for the other hour. Uh, so it's two minutes or it's two hours of actual writing, but it's, you know, you get a 15-minute break to stretch your legs or use the bathroom, whatever. Um, and then it's another 45 minutes while they transition to, you know, a different stage uh, or a different set, and then we perform. Um, and sometimes when you tell people that, hey, yeah, it's a six-hour day, they're like, what? What? They're like, I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought it was going to be like, you know, I come in, I write a song with you and we're done. Like, I thought it'd be a, you know, like this, like two, three hours. It's like, no, it's, this is a highly produced, like we're running it as a TV show. Um, there are but again, four. I think when they see your show, they're like, oh, again, like it looks so good. And they don't think about what goes in it because it just looks good and normal. Yeah. So yeah. We, we, like, so this last season was done with Alchemy Cinema. Um, anybody who needs video work, use Alchemy. The, the guy who runs his name is Jason. Um, Jason's phenomenal, and Alchemy is like, I mean, they, they've done some music videos for us. They've done some other videos for other bands and stuff. They are supremely talented. Um, and, you know, really, like, 
they're they're absolute professionals uh but they do they make it all look great and uh and that's sometimes the only pushback we get is like we we had one guy come on and he only had a certain amount of time he didn't tell us this but he was like yeah he's like i, I gotta get out of here in like you know 20 minutes and we're like we're well let's just okay let's let's get you doing a final take of this thing and we'll play it together no exit interview no nothing just you know we'll do this and you're gone um but most part most times like a lot of people i love the challenge they love the idea of it like it is it's scary to put up cameras and say hey write a song in two hours go like holy shit okay this is real this is happening you know um and it's a challenge, man. I mean, it really it it especially when if it's a collaboration like that, and you're writing with somebody you don't you know. Collaboration styles, personalities, yeah, yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. And you know, and it's up to me to kind of guide it. Like there are times where with some people, we know that we're ninety percent of the way there, so I can ask more questions about you and your background and whatever. And there's other people where it's like, shit, we're struggling to get yeah. a verse and a chorus. <laughs> Let's just keep going, you know. Um, but I mean again when you distill it down to 15 minutes you know or like you know you put out a 15 minute episode you can get rid of a lot of the fluff or a lot of the other crap um but there's a lot of stuff we're actually in the process of putting out a podcast version that's like 30 minutes long so you get a little bit more behind the scenes stuff and it's just gonna be audio um but i mean man you could put put out a you know a two-hour version of, of the show and i think a, like there's a lot of great moments in it and there's a lot of moments that it's kind of sad because I'm like, man, that guy told that great story and that isn't going to make it because it doesn't. It's, time constraints. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but someday I'll go go through and kind of re-release some of those stories and stuff. Yeah. There's, do some clips. Man. Yeah. That's great. I love that stuff. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, again, you know, it's, it's the other part. And I don't know if this is, that this comes up at all is you almost don't also everything else, personalities, styles pressure if you want to call it that i'm sure there's a little bit of that but also not wanting to it's a creative process so not knowing someone you don't want to step on their toes during the creative process that's very true and a lot of times when you're doing something artistic like this egos can creep in sure you know somebody has an idea that they think is great and the other person doesn't it can you know that can be an issue there can be tension but for the most part that's a stupid idea let's not do that yeah (laughs) like you can (laughs) again joshua jesse's episode he he, i he said something or i said something he shot it down and and then he's like i feel bad like that we're supposed to be collaborating and i just totally shut down your idea i'm like no 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 you did it respectfully i i feel no part of it yeah like this is it it was it was all songs would suck if we took the first idea every time yep (laughs) it's just that that, that's part but i mean like you said you know if you're saying i'm not feeling that there's a way to say no there's a way to say i that's just not what i'm seeing or or anything other than just saying no this is my time like taylor lamborn said it beautifully where she you know i had made a comment about in her song she talked about a thread uh tying you back to your to your roots basically in your family and i was like oh thread you know maybe we can use sweater and whatever and she's like no the problem is that if you think of thread and sweater there's a point where that thread ends with a sweater like and you're you just run out of thread i want this visual where it's the thread ties you back and no matter how far you go you you're always tied back home i'm like that so beautiful you just said that so beautifully and i love it and i love where you're coming from it was like those moments where I'm like, man, getting in an artist's head and hearing their thought and hearing how much thought goes into each line or each, you know, whatever, like, it really is hearing that, like, because it, it's not even uh, obviously like the the creative process and the writing process, but then it's the it's the 
how their brain works to do the creative and the writing process. And everyone's different in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Like the like that line right there, I mean, that's the, the, that struck a chord with you. But in her mind, that's just the way her mind works. And I bet a lot of artists are very much just the same. Like they have a process. They have a way of doing it, which is a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. It's really cool to watch. But again, can be an obstacle, it, which again is why it's so impressive what you're kind of able to pull off and and I, I do think that's a testament to, to I know to you obviously as somebody that is just not just writing but hosting, trying to con- con- not control the conversation, but in a way you kind of have. You've to. got to guide it, yeah. You do have to, like you, if you're under a certain time constraint, and you kind of have to guide it because at the end of the day too, and this is the thing that people don't like as much, but it still also has to be kind of interesting and something that people want to see. Well, and that's the thing. At the end of the day, it's also entertainment. Yes. You know, so it is a documentary on on the songwriting process and, and getting into their head, but it's also got to be entertaining. And, yeah. Um, you know, one of... That's a lot of things to juggle simultaneously while also well, the also other getting thing to drunk. juggle is making sure the person <laughs> has a good time. Well, and well, the worst it, case scenario, you can just juggle, actually that's juggle. That's true, yeah. yes. No, yeah, well, and I will tell you that, you know, there were times early on that I got really, really drunk, um, and I had a great time, and, and, you know, we were having fun, and we are drinking, and we are whatever, but then you listen to the song. First of all, and i got to say this, because a lot of times people are like, yeah, well, you know, you, you, you write the song, then you perform it. It's, people don't, they seem to forget that, like, yeah, this is our first time hearing that song, too, though. So we don't always remember the lyrics or how the song goes, or, like, yeah, we might have just wrote it, but it doesn't mean we know it. Um, and when you add an alcohol and it, it, it's a challenge. Like there's times where like, you know, we, we takes us five or six times to play the song at the end. Yeah. You're just like, fuck it. Let's just do free bird. I remember. Free bird. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, like there are times where like, I, I will have too much to drink or, or, uh, and I, I've gotten better with it later episodes, but I'll, I'll drink too much or I'll talk too much or I'll dominate the conversation. And, and then, you know, only when I look back on it that I was like, oh man, I, I really did a disservice to that person. Um, and most times we can edit it out and make it still look good, but, um, you know, that's, it, it is, it's a lot to juggle, but it's, well, then there's one more aspect, which you just mentioned the social aspect of it too. That is a lot of things that, that are going on at one time to write a song, which most of them wouldn't be happening when you're trying to write a song, mm-hmm. which I think again, makes it all the more impressive and entertaining and cool because I think everyone sees them like, oh, cool, two people writing a song. But when you think about what actually has to go into arrive at that kind of Im- impromptu song, which I think it's fine to call it an impromptu song if it's in that kind of truncated of a time. I mean, that's impressive and it's cool and it's fun to watch. And that's that's why I, I, I wanted to obviously talk about your music, your musical background, but stuff like that too. Because look, I mean, there's a lot of shows, there's a lot of podcasts, and they're all fun and they're all cool, but. This is a the, yours is a very different version of all those things that we like. We like to see things like that, but we don't really think about what really went into that. Again, I think we've been all spoiled by seeing things that are cool and kind of just work out and they're entertaining. But everything that's behind the scenes to kind of go to to arrive at a 14, 15 minute episode where two people get together, have drinks, have fun, write something cool, and then have a beautiful performance. That is. Off Thank the you. charts, impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, and now you can compliment me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will tell you, man, I, and and I will I'll compliment you by saying this: that I think listening to some of your podcasts, listening to you are very disarming. You are very easy to talk to. You get a lot out of your guests, and you get them talking, and and it's fun. 
Um, and it doesn't feel like it's an hour and a half podcast. Like it feels like I'm talking to my friends on the phone and next thing I know, I'm like, holy shit, I've been listening for 45 minutes and I was laughing and I'm so, and I, you know, you are cultivating a wonderful, like conversational style of, of podcast that's fun and enjoyable. And, hey, best and you got a lot I get of, is somebody, you got a lot seeing, of heavy hitters on hey. here and I can see it keep going. Oh, that's the only reason it can't keep going because I've been lucky enough to have so many cool people on here. You know, most pe- it was really hard in the beginning trying to get it. someone to you know come in my dark basement, but now they're like, "Oh my god, look at all the people he's had I, on." I had a girl um, that I was so she was she's super talented. She's a little younger, and I, I um, it's gonna sound like this creepy thing, and I, and I promise it's not. But she's a musician, and she's uh, but she'd been out of music for a long time, and she was trying to get back into it. And I was like, well, you know, why don't you come to my studio? Like we can you know, BS and, and write and play and whatever. And I, I've done this with other artists and sometimes I forget, like I lack the awareness to realize like, oh shit, like I'm, I'm a middle-aged man inviting a 20 year old, you know, or 26 year old girl yes. to, you know, whatever. And I'm like, boundaries, George, come on. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I like, like, but that's not like, I get, I get to be a, like, I'm a puppy. Like I'm like, oh, pet me, pet me. Like, okay. That sounds really weird to say pet me, pet me. And then in context of what I just said, but my idea, the idea of saying, <laughs> but you're aware of it. I, <laughs> but the idea of saying like, when, when you turn into a puppy and you're like, oh, I'm so excited about this idea, throw the ball. Let's, let's keep playing with this. And, and, you know, when I see something where, when I was talking to this girl and she was, you know, playing some of her music, I'm like, holy crap. You're like, you're really good. Let's, let's flush these out. Let's, let's work on this stuff. Let's like, I, I, I wanted to keep playing with these ideas and, and, um, help her, you know, write these songs and, and produce them. And I was like, yeah, you know, you can come to the studio and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and she's like, Oh, what is, it? I'm like, Oh, it's, you know, it's this old house and blah, blah, blah. It's abandoned. And we were going to tear it down, but we didn't. And we, you know, and she's like, you want me to come to an abandoned house? I'm like, yeah, I did a horrible job setting this up. So, you know, why don't we just get to know each other a little bit more first before you do it? Let's yeah. Sorry. I pr- I'm I'm not a predator. I promise. I just I I'm an idiot. Okay. But Move like along. you almost can be like you got to feel safe because I didn't even hear how bad that was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have to meet uh, I used to have to meet people uh, preliminary. Like I would meet them somewhere in public, which I was like fine with. Mm-hmm. I remember when uh, very early on, uh, you know, I, I and they're like, hey, can we maybe just kind of meet and talk about it? And I'm gonna bring my husband. I'm like, that's fine. I'm gonna bring my wife. And uh, worst case scenario, we can just get some drinks out of it if you want to do it. So I'm like, let's go to LBM. Love LBM. So, uh, but yeah. But now it, it's 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 not harder. It's not hard. I'm, I don't want to say it's not hard for me, but honestly, it's really not because I think people can look at the list and just say, okay, you've had actual people on here that even if I don't know them personally, I know who they are. And you have the same thing where you can, because I mean, I, I when I, I mean, I ran through your list. I was like, not only am I seeing, you know, people that I've had on, but there's you have people that I would love to have on. I you have people. I mean? When I look back at my list, I'm like, how did I get yeah, to write with that? Right? Like, Pretty holy cool, right? crap! Like, I mean, it is a dream. And then again, you know, to have somebody like Mikey who express interest, I, I'm like, I, I am. How do you get? I'm what? I don't know. I. Mm, Imposter syndrome, hi. That's right. That's real. Um, but yeah, and then it and then it gets, it does get weird though. Like when it's like if I'm talking to somebody not about happy hours, or if I'm talking about the label or talking about a show or band or whatever, and I make a comment and they're like, "Who are you? Why? Why would I care?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, like you don't. I, never mind." 
Oh yeah, I still get humbled every once in a while. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I try, I try to keep it as, as as simple and casual as possible. So it's definitely helped. No, it's what, been what great. are you listening to now? Um, so I had a weird situation where my favorite song that's come out over the last couple of years is a song called Mostly Ghostly, um, and it's from this band called Pretty Pretty Awful, and I love them. They write this goth punk folk kind of storytelling funk stuff or punk stuff um and it's it's amazing and i love them i love their music i love the people in it and uh i heard the song a year and a half ago or so or two years ago um played some shows with them and um and it's funny because they uh i've started like playing bass with them at shows and stuff now and i've started like we're, we're like recording together and we're working together and stuff. And I'm, I'm like, I was a fan of you guys first and I love you guys as people. And so to like be in a room rehearsing with them and like be on stage with them is such a surreal experience. Um, so pretty, pretty awful. Like to this day, like I still listen to their music. I've got a bunch of their demos and a bunch of their live stuff from, you know, when I was going to shows and recording stuff. Um, but pretty, yeah, pretty awful. We never really stop being a fan. Do you? I try not to. Like, I really, really, you know, sometimes I'll find myself listening to technically, like listening to what the bass is doing or listening to what the drums are doing or, oh, that, you know, they missed that line there or something. But I really try to just be a fan and, and remember what it's like to be that, you know, that kid with headphones on, falling asleep to music, uh, you know, as a, you know, 12-year-old kid and, and losing myself in it. Like, that is still what I'm always trying to get back to. Um but yeah, pretty pretty awful messmaker. Um, uh, you know, Shayla Hope. Uh, she's on my label, and and like she's she's one of my dear friends. And um, but it like she is the reason I started a label. I think she is so stupidly talented, mm. um, and I love the way she writes, and I love her as a person. And I I think yeah, she's incredible. I had a great time talking to her. She oh, was, she's well, she so was amazing. one again. Like she was just so. Aside from being unbelievably talented and an amazing singer songwriter, she's such a sweet person. Like yep. we just sat down and and she just same thing. She needed ten seconds to get comfortable just kind of talking because I think she, I think she looks at people a lot differently than I think other people do. Where she's genuinely just interested in what you're saying and 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 just she's just happy to be here, happy to be there, happy to be part of anything and loves creating and talking about things and just talking to people in general. I had yeah. a lot of fun talking to her. Yeah. She's, she's genuine and special. Um, but yeah, I, you know, like I do, I, I find myself listening more to local stuff now and, uh, and I still love like green days putting out a new album in a couple of days and, and that's awesome. And I still listen to green day and, and still love that kind of stuff. But, um, a lot of punk, a lot of, there's a band out of, um, Akron area called detention, um, they're younger kids, uh, and they, um, they, you know, I just think they've got a lot of potential and, and really enjoy their music. And again, it's that pop punk stuff. Um, so it's funny cause I do, I listen mostly to like pop punk, pop rock stuff. Um, uh, but I also, you know, like I, Taylor, Taylor Lamborn's working on a new album that is just, it's beautiful and it's, you know, bluesy, you know, blues rock kind of stuff. That's so moving. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, it, it's a pretty wide array of, of what I listen to, but uh, I found I, that with a lot of musicians is that they do, they might have like a, a genre or a type that they always go back to, but they never 
and then none, none of them that I know, at least that I talk to, none of them stick in the same genre, at least in terms of what they listen to. Maybe what they play, they're a little bit more straightforward, but so many of them listen to things that you I wouldn't even have thought. Of. Even my, my, some of my favorite bands listen to things I never would have thought that they listened to. Like, I, I still listen to classical music. Like, I still listen to, like, Beethoven. I I love... Beethoven's Fifth is, is my favorite classical piece of music, and I... I play it on piano and I play it on on uh like I'll just you know if I'm doing chores sometimes I'll just put that on in my headphones and and check out yeah um but I, you know I I do I just I love music I love the way it can surprise you and and notes and you know that that you're like I wouldn't have written that note there how did they think to do that or why is that you know how did we get to this part of the song like I don't know I just I think there's so many cool mysteries in music um yeah, and it could be something where you know you talk about that eleven-minute song that you don't even—it doesn't feel like it's eleven minutes. Nope. How do they do it? How is it? How does it move? How did? And how do I capture that? You yeah. know, how do I? How do they make time stop where I don't know it's an eleven-minute song? Yeah, and then other times where it's a minute song, and you're like, now what's interesting is with Spotify and and all this other stuff, you're, you know, the replay value is great at a you know song that's a minute long. Like oh, play it again and just keep it going and get those you know get those spins up, but. You know, just, I mean, there's so many amazing things that you can learn and, and take in. Um, and I'll say, like, I, there's some music I don't really enjoy, uh, but I still appreciate, you know? Um, but yeah. Well, you're a musician. Like, I, there's music that I hate and I wish they'd stop. <laughs> yep. But I, I, I don't, I, I think that might also be an age thing, too. Like, yeah, just over the time. You mentioned Richard Marks earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I remember when Richard Marks came out. I remember when I pretended I didn't like Richard Marks. I remember when I re- stopped caring that people knew that I liked Richard Marks. His songs are sweet. He's got so many good ones. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I mean, just saw him like live that. a couple of years ago, and it was amazing. I do Richard Marks is hands down one of my favorite artists. Um, I shouldn't say one. I mean, he's probably in my, my top 20 favorite artists. Um, but him, like Eric Carmen. Uh, who I, I didn't know was a Cleveland guy. Oh, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, He wrote a song called Lose Control. And to this day, I mean, that, no joke, is one of my top ten favorite songs. That's a great song. Turn the radio up that is such a good for song. that sweet sound. Most people don't know that's him, though. Right. They just know him from... Uh, uh, Raspberries or other... Hungry, hungry Eyes. Eyes, yeah. They know him from... They think he's a one-hit wonder. They don't realize he's... That that song says, that's a fucking great song. It is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal, and, and like no joke, one of my favorite songs. That's an amazing, an amazing song. It's a, uh, and I, I'm in the same boat. I didn't know that was him until, honestly, probably like five years ago. I thought Eric, but then I, I don't know how it came about. Probably, you know, you know what it probably was? Probably Shazam. <laughs> that song came on. I was like, fuck yeah, who does this, man? I was like, shut up. Yep. It's Eric Carvin. But yeah, it's so good. I don't know. I think especially as I've I've aged, I've not only appreciated things more, but I've explored things more because I just I dig more stuff. And we're we're not afraid anymore to say like, oh man, I really love that song. Like, yeah, like Carly Rae Jepsen, man. I, call me maybe. I I dug it, man. I loved that song and I played it so many times. And you know, I'm not afraid as much anymore to admit that you know me like either. there was a time that and i say like i'm i was a kid who you know listened to celine dion in high school but like i didn't feel like i could tell all my friends that i was listening to celine dion you know and now as i'm older i'm like eh, fuck it 
Like, this is what I'm listening to. and almost knocked somebody out for saying that Caribbean Queen by Billy Ocean wasn't a good song. <laughs> I'm like, are you out of your goddamn mind? Get out of my house. <laughs> like, it's, it's a yeah. beautiful song. Billy Ocean's awesome. Uh, it, it is unbelievable. Like, uh, when, you, when you get away from calling things guilty pleasures and just say, no, they're pleasures. I like it. It's That's okay, you know. No, it is. It, it is. It, there's, yeah, I've, it, it's expanded kind of what I've looked into. And then not just obviously what I admit that I like, but just I, now I'm just, I'm so much more open. And I, I really, that's one of the things about, again, about getting older that I, I really like. I, I love being open and eager to kind of find new things, musically, movies shows a lot a lot of things like food anything i mean it, i mean the the list is endless now i i wish i was younger i mean well it's it's, it's everything you know hindsight's 2020 yeah. like you wish you know you wish you knew then what you know now i wish i was doing the things that i do now then when my knees didn't fucking hurt <laughs> you yep. know it's a it's but it's a hey man it's a better late than never you know oh that, yeah that, that, you're, that you're doing this and things. it's one of those also that you realize that like in 10 years, you're going to look back at yourself now and be like, I thought I was old then, but what, why didn't I, you know, have, why didn't I do all this stuff then? I was oh, yeah. young. You know. Exactly. What was I doing? Yeah. Oh. I was sitting in my basement complaining. No. Exactly. <laughs> or someone else's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the next couple, you know, months, weeks, years, whatever, I mean, what, what are you looking at? What do you, what do you want to keep doing? Um, Not just with music, happy hour sessions, anything in general, musically. So really, I mean, this year... One of the things I really realized is I was burning myself out, and um, you know I've got I've got three kids. Uh, my oldest is about to turn five. Um, I've got a wife who we've been together for like twenty two years and married for fifteen years, um, and I, in a lot of ways, have neglected them. Um, you know, and, and I always say like I'm I'm a good father, I'm a good husband, I'm you know whatever. But like, there's other things where I'm like. I just, but I wasn't a good partner, you know, and I was running around trying to do music stuff and my wife doesn't always get music stuff. So I was like, you know, like I, I'd find myself talking to other people about my day, but I wasn't talking to her about stuff. And, um, you know, and just, I, I'm like, I need to kind of step back and stop, you know, the, I keep pursuing these opportunities with, with music and what else can happen. And, Again, you know, being in different bands and 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 I love music and I love performing and I I've, I've been doing magic again and and um, you know performing out and doing all this. But I, at the end of the day, I'm like, I need to chill out because I'm I'm running 100 miles an hour. I'm trying to use brute force to um, you know make different albums. You know, so you know Shayla's first album, uh, Damn Feelings, we threw a just a crap ton of money at that to try to make it, you know, get it noticed. Um, and we, we threw a lot of money at a lot of wrong places, a lot of wrong people, um, and learned a lot in that process. And, uh, and I just kind of had this feeling that like, Oh, you know, if you throw enough money at it or you can use brute force to, you know, make Shayla pop. And what I realized was that you probably can, but it's going to cost, you know, millions. Um, and also I, I don't like, I'm, I'm, I'm over the last, I don't know, a couple of years, I realized I'm, I'm also losing myself. I want to be an artist first. I was doing these other things. I was running a label and, and 
you know, running happy hours because I, I loved the opportunities and I loved kind of the, you know, getting to know people and, and whatever, but I was losing myself in the process. Um, so really over the next few months is, is going to be a lot of, um, refocusing kind of putting a stop or, or at least a pause on, on a lot of this stuff. Uh, Sublets will be releasing a new album, um, this year, but you know, I had it in my head that I'm like, Oh, it's got to come out, you know, like March and yeah. really it, it, it doesn't, you know, like breathe, George, like take your time, enjoy the kids growing up, enjoy your life. And when you put out the album, you put out the album and allowing myself to, uh, I'm, I'm one of those people that felt like the more work I do, the more worthy of love that I am. Uh, and, and the more accomplished I am and the more proud of me people are. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm still that little brother who is trying to just get noticed by my, my big siblings. I'm still that kid in high school trying to, you know, date the girl who, you know, never wanted to give me the time of day. I, I'm still that, like, a lot of my desire to perform and be on stage came from that insecurity and that feeling of, you know, not being validated or not being worthy. And um, and as I'm older now, I'm kind of like, no, I'm I'm feeling more whole and I'm okay not being, I don't know, revered and not being on the biggest yeah. stages. And um, so it's all valid though. Like we yeah. always, we all grow up, but our, our memories don't grow up. They'll, they'll stay the same. You know, and I, I think, you know, you, you mentioned something about maybe not possibly being a good partner. I mean, to me, the definition of a good partner is realizing that you can still be a better partner. So, I mean, look, I went through that this week. My wife went through it. My wife texted me this week. You know, I was down. I've been getting just absolutely drilled at work. And I'm putting in a lot of hours, you know, and, and it sucks because I'll work. Because I work right here. I work from home. So, like, I'll work and then I'll run upstairs when it's time to hang out with my kid. And then I do my my bath with him and then my book and then we put him to bed and then I come back down here and work because it's just been one of those times and, and I've been struggling with that and but you know and I'm I'm my wife wasn't saying you're being a bad husband she's like I just don't want you to miss some of these things with him and then 10 minutes later she's like and I'm sorry if I haven't because I've been so tired from being a mom and a new mom and if she had just like texted me and be like because you're missing all this shit and I'm up here fucking killing it you know like it's you know, if someone says, recognizes that maybe they want to do something better, one, I don't think it necessarily means that you're doing something wrong. You're just kind of thinking about it. That, that, that's, that's, what I, a, that's what a person that wants to do better does and acknowledges and will vocalize that maybe I could be doing better at this. I don't I, think that it necessarily means that you're not a good partner. Uh, I think that means you just want to do better. I definitely did some things that make me not a good partner. Um, and I definitely did some things that were very immature and very like, uh, you know, I, I, like the, the last year of my life, I spent a lot of time really being introspective and looking at my defenses and, and why I look at things different ways or why do I get angry about things or why. Um, but I do have that kind of growth mindset and I appreciate your point of saying, look, being a, you know, part of being a good partner or a big part of being a good partner is improving and realizing that you're not the best partner you can be and still want to grow and grow together yeah. and, you know, realizing like, Hey, I'm tired. You're tired, but at least maybe we can be tired together or, you know, and, um, but I, I, I did, I kind of built the separate life where I was like, 
doing music and doing all these different music projects and all these different things. And I, and I love it, but I also realized that I was just, I had like very, two very different lives, you know, doing a lot of music stuff, doing a lot of professional stuff. And then I'd come home and I'd be with the kids and be my wife. And, and, you know, times I would still, and especially this day and age where you're on your phone, you know, cause of social media, you're posting, you know, reply to things, or you're posting a video, you're doing this thing or you're, you know, and, and I just wasn't being as present as I needed to be. And, uh, I, you know, that's, that's my biggest focus over the next several months here is to be more focused, more present with my family, be a better partner. And, uh, and I know that's not, you know, quote unquote musical, but I do think that's going to allow me to be the artist. Cause that's the other thing is like, you know, I write songs on happy hours or I write songs when there's a prompt, but I can't tell you the last time that I really was like, I'm just like, I feel inspired to write a song. And one of the big things I think that, you know, as an artist, you need time to daydream. You need time to, um, you need experiences to write about, but when you're constantly busy and you don't have time to let your brain flow and work, you don't create. Um, so yeah, I just, kids, partners, jobs, they're, you know, the jobs and necessities, the kids and partners are amazing, but you know, I, I, I've never thought that you needed to get lost in someone else's life. You, I think everyone always needs me time mm-hmm. because that me time helps the they time. Mm-hmm. It just does, you know. And and you know, if you got a partner like that, you know, my wife and I have talked about that before we had the kid. Like we're like, look, we we know people that had kids and have a kid, and, and it turned into they couldn't do this and couldn't do that. And we were determined, even though it changes, it always changes. But you start thinking about. But let's still do the stuff that we want to do. I'm not saying we go out three nights a week. I'm not saying we're going to Greece every other month or anything like that. But let's make sure that we're still reminding ourselves that, you know, we love our kid. We love our family. We're happy. We're lucky. He's healthy. We love him. We're, I can't wait to see him again. But let's also make sure that we're doing the stuff that can make us want to enjoy that time. Yep. You know, I mean, it's 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 natural. You know, it it, it is. I have me time, she has me time, and we try to help each other give ourselves the me time. And sometimes I feel like I, I took too much, and I took too much time. And I come back, and I'm like, I'm, I'm ranting around. I had so much fun. I did this, and this, and this was great, and this. And I'm like, fuck, I've been gone for six hours. You know? But yep. then I'm like, but at least I acknowledged I was gone yeah. for six hours. And then, you know, to see her, I mean, I, I think for her a lot of times, She's just happy that I acknowledged and even realized I've been gone for a really, really long time. She's like, it's okay. Yep. Let's just try to do some other stuff. You know, it's, it's no day is going to be perfect. Every day is going to be kind of like a, you know, something like, like an empty canvas that you're just going to try to paint something cool on. You know, yep. it, it, it just is what it is, man. Yeah, and that it goes back to the scuff song of sometimes the best part of riding the ride are the you know, times we're spent standing in line. It's I'm not trying to get anywhere, but I love getting ready to go somewhere. (laughs) Well, and just, you know, every day is a new day. It's, you know, you're not looking forward to, you know, you're not counting down the days till the kids, you know, out of the house or till you can go do things again or whatever. It's enjoying the moments that that are, you know, here and now. Good. Yeah. Well, where can everybody find your stuff, man? Uh, You know, everywhere. Um, You can find, so the sublets uh, you can find if you go on, YouTube or, or Spotify, any of the streaming services. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and all that just at georgechasejr.com or 
well, I've got georgechasejr.com as well, but I, I don't know if I actually have all that stuff forwarded um, or all the links up. But if you just go to at George Chase Jr., um, I'm on all the major social media stuff. Um, you can find me playing music with Pretty Pretty Awful. You can find me playing music uh, with a bunch of other people. I still do acoustic stuff, and, and um, Jestertainment is the name of the uh, like the parent company that I have that sets up a lot of like um, it, it's what owns the label. The label's Jestertainment, uh, uh, Jestertainment Records, um, and this year we're looking at trying to put together some more events and stuff to kind of get Jestertainment on the on the uh, on the map. Um, but yeah, really, I mean, I think the, the, one of the big things I want to be doing also this year is getting out to more shows. Um, I got out to a decent amount last year, but I wanted to get out to more shows. I think community is a huge part of making, getting Cleveland on the map, making music really, you know, blow up in Cleveland. Um, so hopefully you'll be able to find me at a lot of shows, a lot of great, you know, great artists live in Cleveland and I'm going to try to get out to more and more of those, but um yeah social media is probably the easiest at george chase jr oh cool hey couldn't agree with you more there's a lot of good artists out there was able to talk to a lot of them and talk to another one today i really appreciate you taking the time man. this was a lot of fun i i thoroughly enjoy doing stuff like this man you're 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 doing cool things enhancing putting other good people out there and putting people up and you know just enjoying yourself as much as you can that's all you can do man i really do i i i love 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 seeing shows like yours and, and kind of amping up you know we're in a such a sports town you know when if you google yeah. you know cleveland podcast there's thirty thousand. nothing wrong with them if you like it like football and basketball and baseball stuff but that's why i love finding like you more unique that that kind of remind me of other things that i love too so i uh again i appreciate your time man it was really cool meeting you thank you for having me i really course, appreciate man. it anytime you're always welcome back cheers all right